0: Bonus episode? You got it. Welcome to Monsters of the Midwest.
1: Welcome to our first ever mini-monster episode. Uh, This monster has uh, fucked up in every way possible. And, um, he really took me by surprise, I guess. I mean, I don't know the best way to put that. Um, surprise. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, so you all know how much I dove into the R. Kelly case and how I related to that so much. This is kind of, you know, it's a redheaded stepchild of, uh, same kind of case for me anyways.
0: Yeah. Um, right. We're at the ice creams parlor, but not the same flavor. <laughs> right, right. Um, but mm. when I say
1: mini, I don't mean that the case or the crimes of this like were small. I mean no. like that I I really don't know how the fuck I feel about the matter, honestly. But thank you guys for joining us. And you know, it's Surprise. an off day, so welcome. <laughs> Yeah, we've been teasing this motherfucker for a while, right? Um, I know you guys are probably just like (laughs) extra super thirsty this week and you wanted some more electrolytes, so we're here to deliver that shit.
0: (laughs) Um, Yes, we are.
1: We are going to leave you guys hydrated as fuck. So, welcome. Because we are about to roast the fuck out of a weak excuse for a man um, from Canton, fucking Ohio. Canton, Ohio. Uh, I was really kind of like excited to connect his ass to the midwest because this case pissed me off um but we are going to talk about a man um by the name of brian warner or as i know him and you might too Marilyn fucking manson we're doing another little manson here uh but this one is not not this is not going to be a puff piece this is not going to be i'm not going to find you know positives about this motherfucker Um, So for those who have not seen it yet or don't have HBO Max, uh, Evan Rachel Wood posted her documentary finally uh, about her experiences with Marilyn Manson. And uh, just as like a preface of this, I remember in 2020 when this came out, when it was released in the headlines or in like different media sources that she was going to name him. And that this kind of the documentary kind of goes through her whole like, you know, play by play during that time and when she finally did. But I I mean, I don't know. I know Lorraine wasn't really interested in watching it, but she did watch it for this. I I did. I
0: watched it for the pod.
1: And she has a lot to say. So we're going to dive into that. But, um, you know, for me as like, I didn't fucking believe her. I'm just I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. I didn't fucking believe her it was hard for me to separate the art from the artist, as I spoke a lot of on the R. Kelly episodes, because I, you know, he hit me at at my core of my teenage angst. You know, he spoke to me in a way that I could, I didn't resonate with a lot of artists or a lot of things I was going through at the time. You know, he made me feel heard. He made me feel seen in a world where like I felt, at that point in time in my life I felt unseen, I felt disposable, um, I felt inadequate. His music was there and offered me and other, you know, people that thought that way, teenagers, whatever the whatever the hell. Uh I, I know he felt or he like relayed like that same message of power to us that felt unpowerful, I guess. You know?
0: Yeah. He he understands what everyone else is going through because he went
1: through it too, uh. Right, you know. which, you know, or you know, another another case of manipulation. But I had to address this topic not only because, like, I was a big fan of him, but I have always been a diehard fan of uh, Rachel, like Evan Rachel Wood. Always, like since day one, all of her movie, everything. There's been something of uh like infatuation situation with her. So okay. I, She's a powerful, powerful actress. Her work has always been good. Even as a child actress, like, her her work is fucking phenomenal. It's powerful. She is just good at what she does. And, you know, I mean, there's many actors, actresses that are like that. And you just connect to their work, you know? Right. Um, Yep. So, when I found out about this or or watched her, you know, take of it, it really just made me kind of dangle on both sides of the thing. Like... It made me question things I I didn't question before. Like somebody that I felt was formative in my, you know, teenage angst years. And then some, you know what I mean? Two people that were essentially like formative, but I don't know. I'm trying to dance around this (laughs) subject because I just really, uh, I'm, I don't know how I feel, I guess. I I guess I do. But at that time, I didn't know how to separate it. Um, And this
0: was 2020, you know. Right, right. This is, and, and in this documentary it states that it's like later in 2022 so it's yeah, like yeah it was,
1: it was well into like you know quarantine for sure yeah, um which was guess.
0: driving everyone crazy anyways and then to sit by yourself and not do anything and just be in your thoughts in something as uh catastrophic as what she's saying happened is like that's mind altering in itself
1: for sure cabin fever
0: the cabin fever thing like i said exactly we're not equipped to deal with that well but before we go any further i just want to lay a disclaimer out on the floor huge this is going this is going to talk about a lot of really difficult topics sexual abuse rape beating uh, manipulation of the mind body um different sorts of augmentation unwillingness things like things of that nature uh so please just this is your only warning if you don't want to hear it turn it off but continue so like um and I
1: know I've mentioned this to you before but um just to before I get into everything else like a connecting factor I had with Manson um Marilyn Manson was that uh I remember when Columbine happened, I remember it like vividly. And I remember him being on Ricky Lake and multiple talk shows that had talked shit about, you know, Satanic Panic. They've talked about how his music is just fueling all these blah, 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 because yes. they found his album in both of the you know, the people that were involved in the school shooting. And school shootings of our generation were huge and they were new and they were just yes. All you know, we're talking, a huge thing.
0: We're talking about the Columbine one, obviously, Columbine.
1: right? Um But it really hit me a different way. Where, like, when he was pulled onto the media and he and he was asked, you know, what would you say to the boys that committed this crime? What would you say to the people that the the shooters of Columbine? And he goes, I wouldn't say a fucking thing. He goes, I would listen to them. He goes, I would let them speak because it's clear that no one else is listening to them talk, and they have something to say. They're in pain. They're hurting and no one will listen to them. And that shit hit me so fucking raw because, you know, that, you know, teenage angst of our generation, no one was listening to us. I mean, there was I mean, we could name multiples on multiples of artists at that time that made their entire lifeline being on The fact that no one fucking cared about us and no one listened, Gen, you know, I mean, the fucking millennials. I mean, Gen X a little bit, but like millennials. I mean, we are the emo era. We are the grunge era. That is us, and that is because people did not give a fuck about our generation. They didn't listen. We weren't the same. You know, I mean, I I could go on. I for yeah, I could you know really dive into that. But like, that was (laughs) the first time that somebody actually said, "I wouldn't tell them something to do." I would listen to them and that was big for the time so I it was always huge it was, yes. yeah I mean I really connected to that but also as much as I love the generation that I'm from I I hate that we come from a generation that we're it was very forced And made quote unquote natural, normal for us to stay quiet. We didn't talk about mental health. We didn't talk about anything. And we were very, very broken people. You know, um, we were supposed to be quiet about abuse. We were supposed to be quiet about trauma, anything negative that wasn't cookie cutter and nice and good, especially in the Midwest. You need to basically suck it up, bitch, and deal with it. And yeah, yeah. And how do you deal with it? And how do you deal with it? Because we we were besides
0: being locked in your room and listening to music and and and, listening
1: to music that made you feel a certain way or let you allow, I mean, oh my gosh! I mean, this is just like the core of our era. But anyways, um, so our
0: MySpace days,
1: right? Right? We are the fucking email era. Like that is why (laughs) this is why you know. Um, (laughs) But like, it wasn't until I really watched that documentary that I. Was able to connect or really, like, visualize the trauma. Like, the legit trauma that she actually went through. Her whole situation... Yeah. It, it was grooming. It was fucking abuse. It was pornography. It was exploitation of a child. You know, Rachel, Rachel was in, um Evan Rachel Wood was in a relationship with Banson from 2006 to 2011. Uh, they went public in 2007. She was 19. He was 36. He was fucking 36. Like... Right. A grown ass man. And she talks about how their first meeting in 2006 was, it was a, an interesting non, you know, super positive meeting on her end, but she was also a kid and she didn't really understand it. And he was more so like the pursuant of that. And right. it was right after she had filmed the Lolita movie with anybody that's seen that knows that she wears those heart shaped glasses and she was kind of like this sex pot. I mean, it was basically Alicia uh, Silverstone's version. You know, what was that movie she was in? Uh, the Oh, shit.
0: I don't even it, remember. It's on oh Lifetime now.
1: I, I'm a huge <laughs> fan of her, so I should know this, but I don't right now.
0: Anybody who knows, just add us.
1: But it was about the girl, it was about the girl next door where she, like, kind of seduces her older, like, you know, resident next door, teacher, assistant, whatever the fuck. He was in, like, his late 20s. She was clearly under 18. And she seduces him. Fuck, what is it? What was it? Whatever. But this was kind of, like, a remake of that in our era, I guess you could say. But, you know, I mean, that's sexualizing a fucking teenager. So there's that. (laughs) Right. So he you know quote unquote recognized her from that movie and thought she was so inspirational and blah 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 and talked her up and invited her to come work on a project with him that was Alice in Wonderland based but it was oh my god it was so fucking disturbing at the way that it was connected to children like things and
0: yeah you know, Alice in Wonderland is a very um, it's actually a really twisted tale
1: it really is I mean the book versus book what
0: we see yeah So uh, the whole Alice in Wonderland thing, like everyone had called her that even. But the way that she was being portrayed as like Alice and saying like, you know, how far does the rabbit hole go? You know, right. Like she's so she's so inquisitive in that way, which Alice, she she was that way as well. She wanted to know more. She wanted to know what this was or what did it do or eat me and drink me and all this other fun stuff where am I going it's kind of like her story in a way when she was a teenager she was homeschooled you know Evan Rachel Wood and she just she was unexperienced when it came to like um, socializing with others that weren't in her profession because as you know child act actors or actresses, they don't go through that stuff, the normal. You know, they don't go to school and everything. And if they do, it's pretty rare if it's not private, privately owned or something like that.
1: Right. Right. Normally all they have to go through is mommy and daddy taking their fucking paycheck,
0: right? <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> yeah, I'm um, no kidding.
1: I googled it real quick. The movie with Alicia Silverstone was The Crush and it came out in 1993. But that... Um, oh. Huge connection yeah, to her Yeah, I was five. Lolita. Yeah. I mean, I remember that. <laughs> they they played on lifetime all the time these days but um oh you know i mean this is where she said her grooming or the grooming really started to begin um she was leaving town and she was hanging out with him at this point working on their quote unquote project and you know after building this like relationship with him whatever you want to say like friendship i mean whatever companionship maybe is a better word
0: i feel like she was trying to <laughs> Gain more information from some from an adult. Like, no adult's gonna pay attention to me right now. So, I am reaching out to anyone who will pay any grain of attention to me so I can understand the adults around me because she didn't understand anything. She even says it in this documentary that we're referencing. And, like, she's like, if I can just make a friend in the biz and he can, you know, show me. What it's like to to actually be a part of something that is not mommy dearest, like okay, this is what you're gonna do, or hey, this is what we're gonna what we have planned for the next year or whatever. It was kind of like for her, it was like freedom almost, like oh my god, I can finally make my own decision to do something. But and and also like really her idea, and right,
1: and also like this this grown adult you know, successful person in the business was telling her her ideas were valid. They were telling her her ideas were magical and they were great and, like, wanted to collab with her and, like, you know, may, made her feel, a, a, you know, artistically a self-worth that she hadn't felt prior to that. And, yes. you know, she was getting ready to leave town and she told him, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to miss you, you know, after he said it to her first. And then he just approaches her and, like, you know, physically as she put shoved his tongue down her throat. And she said, this was the first time she had ever kissed a a grown man in her entire life. And she was absolutely terrified. Her quote that she said on the documentary was my whole mind went white. I just didn't know how to respond. And she says, I was even feeling really, she goes, I wasn't even ever really attracted to him. She goes, I just felt very icky. So that right. There is not an adult comment. I just felt very icky. Like, Right, I mean, that just goes to show how like young she the really unex, was, unexperienced, yeah, unexperienced
0: yeah. teenager, and she and she is quoted saying that this was the first adult man that I've kissed, other than in her work. Yeah, her she movie. Did thir- have to, thirteen?
1: She had to. She was forced to kiss that twenty three year old or twenty two year old man.
0: Yes, so right. she did do it for work. So just keep that in mind when you start hearing. Yeah, when you start hearing about this stuff, because my reaction was when she starts actually talking about or the accusations that she's saying about what happened to her, you know, all of this the content. Let's just say the content. When she's talking about it, it's She's making that known, like, this is my job. Like, this is what I do for work. Not like, hey, I'm just fucking everyone, and it's just part of who I am. Like, she literally has just been taught that this is your line of work, and this is what you do.
1: But also, prior to that, like, she was a very successful child actress. Like, she didn't need to be forced to do anything. So her first, like, milestone in that, like you know, Avenue was the movie 13. And if you haven't seen the movie 13, it's basically like the Gen Z's version of like, it, it's like our version as millennials as what you would see on euphoria. Now that's it, it basically was the, the, you know, I mean, pregame yes. for euphoria. Um, yeah. so, you know, a, a teenage girl like going and kissing an older guy that she's partying with. I mean, that was kind of like, you know, our scandalous shit at the time. And, yeah, right. but also like she didn't, want to do that you know and she talks about in her in the documentary that like she had that long term boyfriend that was also a child actor but like he was her age and they like had you know an innocent like you know little like love relationship you know I mean yeah, as, a little as Mickey beautiful. Mouse relationship yeah Mickey Mouse perfect yeah
0: Mm-hmm. But, you know,
1: like, this was, like, the first time that they, and the, but they told her or made her feel pressured into, this is your work, you have to do this type of thing.
0: Right. So so right. she did,
1: even though it went against all of her morals that she believed in at that point or felt, like, exactly. naturally. So then this happens, like, he shoves his tongue down her throat. And then uh, after that was when he, she said, this is where all the love bombing began. And he just, like, engulfed her with you know that love bombing aspect uh he claimed yeah. that she was her mu- or he like she was his muse like he called her like his little brat quote unquote which i mean that kind of brings in like a kink aspect that shouldn't be brought into that's you know, such a, a, an
0: emo uh, thing though I, I mean i hate what it like just saying weird off brand um terms of endearment like you're my little monster or you're my such a, you're such okay. a brat or you're my brat like that was huge back See, I don't... when i was in school.
1: Okay, that's interesting because i don't remember that, but i do like i've been looking into a lot of like different like terminology that is involved with like adult kink type thing and okay. little brat is definitely an adult kink term like that's terminology for that.
0: And even because he was so much older at the time, and this was what? 30 fucking
1: six. 30 fucking six. So obviously, like, he's
0: seen some early Right. This is early 2000, you know, 2005, 2006. I think. Six. Yeah. And by that time, like the whole emo and scene kids and all that stuff that was like in its heyday, you know, I never heard the whole like
1: terms brat monster for sure. Oh yeah. I didn't see. Okay. So that could be,
0: yeah. So it's really strange because she was of that age where like, I mean, we would say that to each other and obviously I don't know if she was an emo kid or whatever. Like she looked very just, you know, like a normal kid and, and, so I don't really know all of the ins and outs of this specific person. But for me and my group of friends, like all of that stuff was just kind of like what we did. Oh, just, see, that's, in,
1: that's interesting because I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, I guess I wasn't, you know, <laughs> I, I was somewhere in between that and, you know, his old ass, I guess. <laughs>
0: right.
1: um, But like he would send her messages or like email her or call her and say, like, you're so important to me, I just want to kick you. Who the fuck says that? You just want to kick somebody? That's
0: that what the fuck? I didn't really say none of that, but I've I've heard it being said. You're so so important. I I just want to slit
1: your throat, you piece of
0: shit. What? Not get out of here. Not that one. Definitely not that one though. But like
1: I don't know. It just it was so bizarre to me.
0: Um you know
1: throughout the years and years of abuse like it just got worse and worse for her and right. she would try to leave multiple times sometimes he would threaten her and say you know um i'm and threaten her family i mean the, the things that he said was just absolutely disgusting huge like toxicity in their you know entanglement
0: yeah for in, everyone <sighs> uh now nowadays everyone would say red flag so. right so many
1: red flags you know and mm-hmm it never seemed to stop. It was just, like, a constant, like, thick, like, putting on of this, you know, blanket of toxicity. And Yeah.
0: It was like a smog. Yeah. Like, you can't, it's it's completely surrounding you to the point where, like, you can no longer see. It's kind of hard for you to breathe sometimes. It's, like, so terrible.
1: You know, and, like, meanwhile, the media is just saying, like, (sighs) <sighs> she's, you know, keeping face in the media at this. And, and I I left a lot out here because this obviously is a mini, but, like, of course, when they go into, like, in front of E! Magazine, all this shit, like, whatever, like, the whatever the fuck it was, it looks weird, us looking in, but he is weird, us looking in, so nobody paid a fucking mind to it. Nobody thought any different. Right. Everybody looked that at her was- as, like, oh, she was Lolita, she was in thirteen. Oh, she stole, you know, Dita Von husband. Oh, she's, you know, she's a tramp, and right. he's fucking. She's weird. a home wrecker. Now we just have MGK and fucking uh, Megan, you know, drinking each other's blood. This is where that shit started, bro. This is where that started. Just to let you guys know, yeah, they're both grown adults. <laughs> they're both grown
0: adults and are, are choosing this. This was a, an adult and a child. Don't like um, it. So here's here's my other point, and I'm glad that uh, we've gotten to this point now because him being the way that he is and saying those love bombing things. At first it's like a cute and innocent, oh, you know, I can't wait for you to come back. I miss you so much, blah blah. But as it starts to escalate, at what point do you as a person, I don't care how old you are, go, "Uh-oh, I'm uncomfortable. Like this is not good." You know what I'm saying? Like in in the Phoenix Rising, is what we're talking about. There's so many points at the beginning or the first episode, I guess it's a two episode series, that I'm like, where is her mother? She lives with her mother. She's not saying anything or where's her she fucking just father too. Care? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. It's it's absent yeah. parental guidance for sure. In that first and episode.
0: I and it, honestly, I don't know how it is in show business and Anybody, if anybody is listening that's in show business and wants to weigh in, that's fine. But I don't understand, like, at what point do you as a parent step in? Because a child actor or actress or whatever, at one point or another, you as a parent, as a human being that is taking care of another smaller human being, has to say, oh, no, 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 that's too much. But for some reason here, it doesn't ever happen.
1: I don't know if it was just like a sign of the times or what, or like people just 2006 threw shit under the roof. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I'm not going to uh, go into somebody else's parenting. You know, I'm not going to, I say, I I say a lot of controversial shit, but I ain't going to go. I'm not touching that one. (laughs) Um, Right. I can just say me as a parent. This would not have fucking happened because, you know, and people can say, oh, well, you can say it's blah, blah, blah. No, because I am relevant and active in my kids' life, and I'll be goddamned if um my 17-year-old kid is going to hang out with a grown-ass fucking man, and I don't give a fuck, or my grown, you know, say, say, <laughs> right. that, and that goes for my son or my daughter. I don't give a fuck. That is not happening. I don't care if it's right. for art or for work. Okay, cool. Well, Mommy Dearest is going to sit right there and help you with your art because a bitch is into art too. Let's do this. You know, I'm here. I'm supo- <laughs> right. I'm su- I'm supporting your guidelines. You know what I mean? I will be there so fucking supportive that, you know, yeah. I, you know, I'm going to be there. And I feel like for me, that's what I would do differently as a parent, but I don't, you know, I'm not going to say like anything on there. You can you can run with that one. I mean, I'll rip apart religion yeah, and, I just, and all that shit, but I ain't going to touch this one.
0: Sorry. <laughs> I just don't know like for acting or anything that's really I mean she was in big name roles you know big pictures and as a parent that is watching your child go through the normal normal for their standards uh, day-to-day business that they do at what point do you step in because that's their job right this is the, the path that they have chosen. This is their career. They're actors or actresses. But at what point do you read the script as a parent and then go, uh, I don't think so? Because at this point now she's an adult, you know, technically by she literally you know, was the United States
1: as a, a fucking slut bag of trollop, like in her work, even. You don't know yeah, I know. Yeah, mean? she was and then she was cast on, She was typecast at cat, that type point. Cat. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, this was literally icing on the cake. This, you know, relationship with Manson was right. It just solidified what everybody had in their minds of what they thought they knew about her.
0: Right. Like, oh, uh, not just on screen, but in real life, too. Like and even those news, those headlines in the news back then were still really like, you know, catch your eye at the grocery store while you're checking out type of thing. Like oh my God, I can't believe they're together. This is so crazy. Well, is it really that crazy though? because she played such and such on thirteen, and you saw how that ended up so i what what are you not seeing here like they're they're taking her at face value, which is horrendous and i <sighs>
1: So this, and I don't remember if I put this in my notes because I'm working from a bunch of bullet point notes, but like (laughs) in connection to that, I, the fact that I've been a really big fan of all of her work, you know, throughout her whole career, because I kind of grew up with the girl, you know, I mean, as For she's been relevant the whole time, there was a movie that I saw on Showtime, uh, and it's from 2015. And honestly, I saw Evan Rachel Wood and, um... Elliot Page at that time. Okay. So I'm like, oh, shit. Like, oh, that's going to be hot. I don't care who's... I don't care what the fuck happens in it. I'm going to watch it. (laughs) Those those two people are hot, you know, whatever. But it's called um, Into the Forest. 2015, uh, it it basically references, you know, two sisters that are with their dad. They have a house in the forest and their dad dies and then shit happens to where, you know, it's kind of like... As creepy as it is, it's like a dystopian kind of pandemic situation where they're stuck at their house. They're isolated, which their house is a magnificent house. Um, Lots of resources in their house. They're like, I don't remember where it takes place, but it's in a woods, you know. Um, Okay. But a decently wealthy family gets quarantined, basically, in their house. So, you know, which is obviously kind of painted a picture. We didn't all know it was going to be a reality. But then it, it had right. like you know, outsiders coming in like they, people couldn't leave because of what I can't remember whatever the reason was in the, the the pandemic quote unquote in the movie but you know they had to be survivalists in their own place so you know there was upkeep and it, it just it kind of went through the whole dynamic of escalation into whatever and there was a scene in the movie, I'm just going to trigger warning, uh because you know 2015 they made it brutal as fuck, but she Evan Rachel Wood, her character gets raped in this. And right. her performance in that movie is so fucking chilling to the bone that it felt so real that it made me sick. And I I am cool to watch eyeballs slit in half. I can watch gore. I can watch anything. It doesn't bother no. me at all. I can watch. It bothers me. I can watch the goriest of the gore, and it doesn't faze me. But her performance mm. in being like raped by somebody that came out of the woods that was supposed to be her friend and raped her in basically the the driveway of her house where she was trying to take solace. You know what I mean during this pandemic thing. Yeah. Um, the manipulation from somebody she thought was her friend, the whole thing, I was like, oh, my God, this fucking actress is just phenomenal, phenomenal. You know, and I always was like, oh, my God, like, it's like a, you know, uh, decent, you know, B-rated movie, but, like, uh, her performance in it was so fucking believable, and then it wasn't until I took, like, the timeline of this documentary, like, it's believable because she's going through that shit in her real fucking life and that's why she's yeah. able to perform it because it's not performance it is just it oh it just it affects me in a different way that just makes me so sick like
0: right you don't realize what anybody goes through behind closed doors until some shit happens like this where it's too much the burden is too much to bear and you have to say something but like yeah. For her to l- literally be going through it, and then be typecast to be that person, or to be uh, put in a situation where you have to act it out like that right there, my heart was would, so fucking
1: broken for her. I, yeah, you know.
0: it would do something to my brain where it, my mind would just shut off. And I, and I, if I'm not mistaken, she does say that in this documentary, right? She, she Where, does. Like, her, her mind just goes blank. Like, I don't even know how I'm supposed to react because I can't, I physically and mentally, emotionally cannot feel anything anymore.
1: And just, you know, and I questioned like myself whether or not I was going to bring up like the connection to that movie because after watching like her talk about it, it connected me to that really quick. Cause I mean, being a survival of, this type of abuse uh her her performance um in her work was very very real it felt very real to me that like i don't know i i don't i don't know how to pleasantly say this cuz it's kind of a triggering topic but it's like right uh, when i watched her talk about uh this time in her life which would have been around the same time that she uh acted in that that movie it made me very upset with myself that I didn't initially believe her, and this was still in like the first episode of her like two part documentary. Um, because I didn't believe her, you know, I couldn't, couldn't I couldn't like, I I sat there and, um, you know, like I told you before, couldn't disconnect the art from the artist type thing, and had problems with that, and
0: yeah,
1: couldn't really pick a side, I guess, you know, it just, right. It was hard for me. It was hard for me until I started listening to her talk about it, and then remembering like this time. Oh my god! Like this was going on at the same time, and I, just to kind of have that shock wave of feeling her brokenness through that performance because I just it just it's sick. Yeah. It sickens me so much, and
0: and so now I feel like this is a perfect time to bring up like I felt the same way that you felt when you watched the first part because here's here's the kicker I did not feel the way that you felt because you were connected to Marilyn Manson and Evan Rachel Wood I wasn't connected to either one of them I didn't even know Re- Evan Rachel Wood at all I didn't watch 13 I wasn't aware of her until right. just recently. And you still and don't fucking I like Manson. Listen- I
1: mean, that was never a, a I, music choice for you at all, from what I know.
0: No, I mean I listened to what was on the radio and that was basically it. And I was like, yeah, you know, I know of him. I know that he's a whack individual. I've seen MTV. For those of you who don't know, that yes, they used to play music on MTV. <laughs> so <laughs> um but when I was watching this, I was thinking to myself, the makers of Phoenix Rising Come for me, I dare you. They knew what they were doing when they put this together because you second guess her because of the way that they told the story, because of the way that they filmed her smiling when she first starts talking about him. It's that whole like bait and switch thing. Like M. Night Shyamalan does a lot of that, you know, like plot twisting. It was like that. Because- but I feel like,
1: I feel like a lot of like, not only documentaries, but uh, well, I mean, focusing on documentaries, a lot of them do that shit. You know, they paint the picture a certain way and make you, like, come into it and, Ugh. you know, set the foundation a certain way. And then they just flip
0: yeah. the script, you know. Yep. And they did a really good job of that because I was like, look, she said in the beginning when she was at the chateau, at the party, whatever, after party type thing, whatever it was. Everybody that she was talking to, her friends, said, Oh, my God, is that Marilyn Manson over there? And then they were, like, laughing and giggling about it. Well, then he ends up coming to talk to her and just says, smiles and said, I liked you in 13, walks away. And they're just, like, laughing and joking about it because they know who he is. They know what he does. They know how avant-garde he is. So... The beginning of this, the first part, it makes you think like she knew what he was into. She knew that because they were giggling and laughing because they know what he's about. They know how crazy he is. That's what they painted the picture as. So at first, when I was watching it, I said, I don't feel bad for her because... She clearly liked him. She liked it. She I mean, yeah, they they sprinkled that little like she didn't like being kissed by him and things like that, which then started to mm. turn it into now, what ultimately was the second half. I, but
1: that's I love, how I felt I love that because we for the for the listeners like we've been kind of like briefly met like texting back and forth about the documentary because we kind of wanted to yes. save the reactions for this. Um, so I've been kind of waiting for this, uh, reaction, (laughs) Uh but, um, and I love that you said the things that you said, because from my point of view, it was a little bit different. Okay. I kind of connected it to, uh, and the listeners will kind of, uh, relate to this, at least from my story point of view, the R. Kelly thing, you know? Right. Yeah. Adult man, uh, type thing. And if I was in her situation, like... People didn't like I didn't know what the fuck he was doing or what the fuck he was, you know, had going on behind closed doors. But by God, if he would have approached me in the mall when I got dressed up to go circulate a mall that I thought he was going to be in, you know, I would have been down and game for it. You know, like I would I would have been like you said that like, oh, they knew what he was about. They knew his bit like this and that. Okay, well, maybe she didn't. Maybe she didn't, because I didn't, because I could have very well been that
0: person that, you know what I mean? Yeah, and see, I understand that, because I don't think that she actually knew anything about him in that regard, like, they just knew that he had really, um, you know, free artistic expression and stuff, like, there wasn't, other than that, even in the documentary, she says that, but the way that the person that actually directed this, that's what they wanted you to think, that she already knew, that her and her friends already knew that because that's how they edited it to look, you know? So it kind of pissed me off. Like, you know, I understand you want to keep the viewers hooked on what you're saying, but like this content specifically should not have been the time for them to do that because it like really, it painted her in a bad light regardless of what you thought i guess
1: i guess uh your take i i guess maybe what i was trying to say is like i didn't see that part so that was a part that was
0: overlooked by me
1: because of right but because of you know my situation or like thoughts on the the r kelly thing so maybe that like allowed me to look past it so i didn't notice these things that you noticed in the documentary right okay um so that was, like, triggering. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> but uh, so <laughs> um, she goes on talking about through the years, you know, the love bombing, the um, the abuse, the trauma. It got, it got worse and worse. And, you know, the, she talks about drugs. She talks about being on the road with him, how he had to keep her there, um, all that fun stuff. I'm not going to get into that. Um, it was until, like, the last time that he did it that sh- he threatened her family. He threatened, you know... Every part of her life, that if she doesn't come back, he's going to you know ruin their life. He's going to kill himself, and he actually got to the point where he called her what her mom, and was saying like I'm I'm yes. cutting myself. I'm doing this, blah blah blah. Um, I'm never gonna stop until she comes back. And
0: yeah, like wild, wild shit. Like he said something like I'm I cut myself every time. That the phone rang and she didn't pick up, which was like 158 times. Like, what the fuck, man? Either he's got dependency problems and he needs somebody by his side or he just needs to control someone. Like, he has that feeling that he needs somebody there so he can just shit on them time and time again. Right. It's terrible.
1: And, you know, so obviously, you know, she had gotten out, whatever, and her in the documentary her, her whole family was like, Excited that she was ready to leave him, she finally left him. Blah blah blah. Yes. And then this was the time where she she went back. Um, she was she talks about how she was completely broken. She went against all regards of her family, and she returned to him. And she actually put Neosporin on all of his wounds from
0: you know every single cut.
1: So how does he fucking respond? Here's the here's the big one that you know I just am really weird about talking about. So uh, she also. Addresses the fact that like she, when she was on the road with him, um, you know, there's, she got addicted to drugs through him. Like he was always, you know, having her do certain drugs, this and that, as well as a lot of people that were on tour with her and him. And so a lot of in the, he used to what make videos of them, of the people that were drug induced, drunk, whatever, uh, forcing yeah, them to say, like, getting, racial like, slurs. Hit. They were getting hit. There was, there was lots of forms of abuse on it. Um, that, right. that he would laugh it off, you know?
0: He would, like, keep this to blackmail people, too. Right, right. Like, it really it just was, fucked up shit.
1: And uh so when... A big thing is that, like, when she came back finally, he decided to make her pay, in his mind, for what she did. And she... Is very vocal. For she yeah, yeah, she's very vocal about the fact. Well, a lot of the, a lot of the things that he forced other people to do or say on these videos was, um, you know, obviously a lot of racial shit. There was a lot of um, Hitler esque type slurs
0: and things. Yes. I guess very like he idealized Hitler. Hitler. Yeah.
1: Um. So sorry. This being 100 percent German, both sides. This is a bit hard for me to talk about. I guess. So this is like a weird, yeah. a weird, rough subject for me. Um. But when she came back, he, you know, he strapped her to a kneeler. um, And I didn't even know what a kneeler was until you brought it up when we talked. So if you want to explain what it is for people who don't know.
0: So a kneeler is a um, it's basically a small bench and it's got on the bottom half where you put your knees is a cushion. And then the top is like where you put your hands. So you're praying on the kneeler. And so it's it's basically just like a, you know, a small piece of furniture that you would use to, you know, do your praying or whatever. Right. And, and
1: I did, I guess I didn't realize how sturdy
0: they are. They are made of like solid wood. It's not particle board. Uh, you know, it never has been. And um, they're they're ve- they're very sturdy construction. They're small, though. Honestly, like you don't need a lot of room for like your entire legs or anything. They're very they're smaller pieces of furniture, but they're very bottom heavy.
1: So he had one of these and uh, he strapped Evan to uh, this kneeler and he proceeded to hit her and abuse her with a Nazi, authentic Nazi whip that he had like archive thing. Yeah, for
0: like like a leather strap. Leather thing. strap
1: for the sole uh, reason that she was Jewish, and openly Jewish about this, which is why she denies in multiple of the you know drug, drunk, and invu- view like infused videos that he tried to get her to say, you know, Nazi slurs, basically. Um, right. He beat her with you know that strap. He also beat her with a wooden board, and uh, the board that he had had a swastika carved into it. He also used what is called a violet wand, which is a BDSM, uh, which, you know, connecting back to one of my first comments about the uh, whole like little brat comment with the that culture uh, or lifestyle, I guess. I don't know how to politically talk about it, but um, right, uh, which I'm not against. I'm just saying I'm just trying to be correct here. Uh, So (laughs) this was something that delivered like high frequency voltage back and forth. Um, but he used it in a, uh, a way that is detrimental and painful and like an overuse of the power of it. Um, so he shocked her and created wounds. Uh, he shocked her on the wounds where she was previously whipped with like, you know, his other apparatuses that he made and he shocked her genitals as well. uh, So, like, in such abundance and in such a way that it caused her to violently, like, break this kneeler from, like, trying to, you know, not be in that situation. Like, fight against it. Right. Um,
0: Yeah. From the pain. Being shocked in a way where you are so, you're in such a convulsive state that you break a solid wood piece of furniture.
1: I've kind of like went back and forth on how I wanted to tell this because like I, uh, I've had some, some experiences in sexual nature that involved like BDSM uh, stuff and I'm a hundred percent not against it, you know? And I've talked about that specific apparatus before, which is a pleasurable apparatus if done correctly, (laughs) but there's (laughs) also a very big, you know, power dynamic at hand. If it's not, because it it can be a very dangerous thing, like, uh, yeah, life-ending instrument if not, you know, used in the proper way. You know, obviously, no, hundred percent consent, both sides. You know, I mean, that's just basics. But like, you know, it's it's uh, <laughs> it was a a mind opener to hear her talk about that. Right. So he did all this like these torturous things with her and then at the end of it as she basically broke this you know solid piece of wood you know furniture thing he then proceeded to cut her hand cut the palm of her hand and forced her or he drank her blood and then cut in his hand and like they drank each other's blood it was just it was very disgusting to listen to her talk about it or explain yeah the trauma that she went through
0: Let's also mention the the scar, right?
1: Oh, the scarification, like the by her on her yes. thigh, yeah. Which
0: yeah, um, so so up up near her thigh, like closer to her midsection, she has an parts. M carved. Yeah.
1: And yeah, not only her, but multiple other victims of similar abuse uh, came forward in yes. this documentary. It just. <sighs> She also talks about, like, how he forced himself on her while she was sleeping. And I didn't mention earlier, like, the first music video that he had her be, like, the the video girl in, quote-unquote. You know, he wanted her to wear those heart-shaped glasses from the Lolita movie, which he, you know, filmed this thing. And, like, she was told it was her work. Um, and then he conducted actual intercourse with her.
0: On set. on set, and everybody was watching. With, you
1: know, fifty, sixty people on set watching. So that's you know, pornography on and a minor. I mean, there's just there's so many things. Like I, I honestly couldn't bring myself to put them all in this. I just really ask people to go watch it themselves because it's very sickening and it's really triggering. All it all is. the shit that went on with this, because she was painted in the the light of like tabloids and you know mtv and everything else like she was painted such a different way and that's super heartbreaking to see the the truth behind how she was painted
0: and so now with all of these you know allegations are they're out here they're they're um there's more things that are coming out in the media but the main point was that she never named her abuser nope. for a long, long she time, never did. you know, and and finally she made a Instagram post and she posted what his name is and. People just ran with it and it's not what's even crazier to me is after something like this comes out about somebody, you Automatically start hearing about it, right? Oh my God, you know, I can't believe she said this about Marilyn Manson or I can't believe that this happened to her. Da, 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 da. I didn't see any of that. I didn't hear about any of it. I didn't really see it like on my news feed or uh, my Instagram stories or like anything. I didn't see it. It wasn't out there unless you are part of that specific community. In the Marilyn Manson community, a lot of of people were really, really nasty. But I didn't see that either. It was like, it's such a shock to me. Like, you told me to watch this. And I said, okay, I'll watch it. You know, what is it about? I had no idea. Then you started talking to me about it. And I thought for sure, oh yeah, I saw that on such and such. Like, you know, nothing has been said really about it.
1: And see and I on the other hand follow you know these artists whatever um so I saw a lot of it in huge abundance at one time and and it was you know it was shocking to me um right what was even more shocking was to watch her kind of go through it on camera to where you know they had to her and her son had to you know go to what they're like I don't know, the South, the South. they're they had, far the they fuck away, relocate. relocate into a unknown, disclosed place just for the safety of, of them, you know? Yeah. And she hadn't even fucking named him yet. She hadn't even done anything. It was the trolls and everything else and, like, the Manson, like, diehard followers that were threatening her life and her kid's life on a, you know, daily fucking basis. And it's just, yeah, you know, terrifying. It's terrifying to think of. And... There were so many artists that came forward after these whole... When she finally named him. And uh, I just want to name some of these artists that backed her up. Because some of these people are huge people
0: for me. Yes, they are.
1: Rose McGowan. Mm -hmm. She... She was also painted very um negatively, like at that time, you know. Um, especially when she was connected with Manson and she was a huge part of the Me Too movement. Um, you know, she was huge in that and it was shocking. Uh Trent Reznor, fucking uh, musical god there. Um Wes from Limp yes. Biscuit also, Sharon Osborne, also uh the the ones that are mentioned in the documentary. Um, another person I follow very heavily, which is his ex-wife, Dita Von Teese. I would like to read something that um, that is recent um, within the last few weeks okay. that she posted on the matter. Because I actually just Googled it now to find what her most... Because she was very silent for a huge amount of time. And I just want to kind of look and see if she posted anything. Okay. She also posted on Instagram... Um, dealing with the allegations of the abuse and blah, blah, blah with her ex-husband dealing with Rachel. She said, and this is her direct quote, uh, please know that the details made public do not match my personal experience during our seven years of together- marriage as a couple. Had they, I would have not married him. I left 12 months later due to his inability to deal with life and he had a lot of points of infidelity and large amounts of drug, drug abuse. Abuse of any kind has no place in any relationship that I have. I urge of you that feel that you have been affected by abuse to take steps into your own mental health and find the strength in yourself to fully realize yourself and move out, blah, 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 bunch of bullshit, honestly. So it seems (laughs) that in 2022, she is still not fucking saying anything, which she also puts on here that... Many times in sexual experiences, I was brainwashed and manipulated into submission, um, but I'm done living in fear for any retaliation from my ex-husband, slander, or blackmail. I stand with the victims in the documentary, although I do not wish to say anything significant, but I no longer will be silent if asked.
0: Oh, okay. Flip the script on us, huh? So then
1: she names... um, I would like to say that I stand behind Evan Rachel Woods, Sarah McNeely, Ashley Lindsay Morgan, Ashley Waters, uh, Charlene, Brittany Lee, Scarlett Capilla, Tori, and Gabriella, And any other names that I come across in this documentation, I will also support them. No one has to deal with abuse.
0: Yes. So, okay. Thank so you. So, fuck yes,
1: Dita Von Teese, because, like, the, the big thing was, I mean, she is a... a very notable, I mean, the first person to be connected with Betty Page, um, in the burlesque scene. Like the very notable, beautiful, you know, talented woman in that scene. Um right. but she was married to Manson and uh so Evan was painted as the side bitch that stole away this married woman. Yeah. You know, that's how she was painted. Before it was popular. Right. right. Um <laughs> but up until this point, like that was uh made a couple of weeks ago that she is finally standing with the victim so good on her like i was really wow. i was like okay. i was like man all these people cool. that i like idolized or you know respected i'm like man they just keep it fucking up <laughs> it's really fucking me up you know so <laughs> i don't know what to do but yeah um i just really want to talk about this because it's a a huge thing
0: and um You know, I'm glad we wanted to we wanted to talk to you guys about it. We want to see what you guys think. Actually, I want to hear some things about what you guys think, because I think that um, if you watch the documentary and you start looking up different articles, even from the past, you know, when the allegations were first starting and, you know, the Phoenix bill was passed because of. Evan Rachel. Wood, oh yeah. I didn't even talk the, about that. Um,
1: like she started the, a whole bill. The statute of, of limitations. Statu- oh geez. See, look at me. I focused on all the,
0: <laughs> Oh geez. yeah, I know.
1: Like <laughs> got all wrapped up, but no, she did some great things with, um, she, she yeah. used her, her trauma and built some really good things, um, due to like statute of limitations being out. Cause she, when she finally wanted to come forward, um, it was too late. And, you know, she's doing a lot of things for victims or potential victims, you know, moving forward. And I think that's powerful. And she's the real hero here. And anybody else that um, pushes through whatever trauma they go through and and build something beautiful from it. And I love that. We love that. Phoenix, you know, Scorpio there. We love that. That's our whole essence, you know, death and rebirth. Also, Marilyn Manson has a lot of fucking Pisces
0: placements, and
1: he is the Gemini, the fucking water sign. So, sir, you know that sucks. Yikes. Yeah, yeah,
0: big big yikes big, for you, sir. Big yikes.
1: But um, hey, this was our first mini, so hopefully it lands well. And if it doesn't, then you know
0: it wasn't. You know, it wasn't really a mini either. I know. So I know. Them. Well, you know,
1: <laughs> fuck. Well.
0: Hope you guys are, are thoroughly
1: <laughs> hydrated for uh, you know get you get you uh, going well till Tuesday. So we'll see you then. Yes, yes, we'll see you then.